I love the, the the starting with the beginning or the end in mind where you have your person, you have your contract, and you have a company. You got to make sure that the end asset is that special contract that you're partnering with this this mutual dividend paying company. And so we want to make sure that relationships well, and then we want to make sure that contract is specially designed. And I thought you did a great job explaining that and then talking about the difference between overfunding and typical because life insurance gets a bad rap. But is it not true that we're, we're also in the minority of people doing it right? This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. This is Chapter 3 of the And Asset Handbook read-through with Aaron. So if this is the first time you're hearing this, make sure to go back to Chapter 1. And you can go to betterwealth.com slash handbook to not just read what we're reading from, but also to book an and asset clarity call. And with that, we're going to talk about chapter three, the science. Chapter three, the science. Now that we have an overview of why the and asset can be a powerful tool in your life, we're going to take a deeper dive into the science of it and really understand how it works. If you have read my book, you know by now that the AND asset in its simplest form is overfunded whole life insurance. This is a specialized type of life insurance policy I mentioned earlier. However, there are a lot of people out there who oversimplify or misinform about this type of policy. So, we're going to break down exactly what this insurance policy looks like and how it behaves. This is extremely important because it has to be structured properly and I want to make sure you have a really clear understanding of how this works. The owner, the contract, and the insurance company. When you think of life insurance, there are really three pieces that are involved. You can draw these side by side on a piece of paper if that helps you out. First, we have you as the individual. Some people call this the insured or the owner. Next, we have the contract or policy, which is between you and the insurance company. Finally, we can draw a building to illustrate the life insurance company. In its more complicated form, this contract is a unilateral contract, meaning that as long as you keep up your side of the bargain, the insurance companies will be on the hook for their side of the bargain as well. In a typical term life insurance policy, you would be on the hook for spending a small amount of premium, otherwise referred to as your payment, which might be monthly or annually. In return, if something happens to you and you die during the term period, the insurance company is on the hook and has to pay your beneficiary or the person that you decide the money should go to. This is a typical life insurance policy, where there's a contract that you enter into, which is the policy itself, and there is the insurance company. Why the AND asset is different from typical life insurance. When we talk about an AND asset, we're referring to a very different and very special type of life insurance contract. We're structuring this policy to maximize your cash today rather than in the distant future. The first thing we need to ensure is that we're working with the right kind of company. Various life insurance companies will structure these policies very differently and will give you vastly different living benefits. So you want to look for a special type of life insurance company, specifically a mutually owned dividend paying whole life insurance company with a proven track record. The key, a mutually owned dividend paying whole life insurance company with a proven track record. Piece number one, mutually owned. The first piece in this phrase is mutual. When you think of mutual, you probably think of a credit union and think of having an ownership stake or a benefit for being part of that entity. A mutually owned life insurance company works the same way. It's owned by the policyholders, which means rather than the profits going to stockholders, as they do in a stock company, the profits go directly to you. This is the big benefit of switching from partnering with a stock company 
to a mutual company. Piece number two, dividend paying. This leads into the second important piece of a properly structured policy, the need for the policy to be made with a dividend paying company. We want our company to pay us dividends because we're an owner and we want to participate in the profits. The process of receiving a dividend dramatically increases the growth of the policy. Piece number three, proven track record. The third piece that's important when choosing an insurance company is that it has a proven track record. We want to make sure we're working with a company that's financially strong and that has good ratings. Most importantly, the company must be in this for the long term. The simple fact that you have a mutually owned company means that the company is likely to be financially strong, but there are different ways to research that. You want to make sure that the company is committed to the policyholder, committed to the whole life in general, and has a history that demonstrates safety and stability. There are a lot more things to look out for, but these are the core factors that will help you choose a solid company to make your policy with. Side note, an insurance company is the only company right now that offers both an interest rate benefit and a mortality benefit. In other words, they're the only type of company that hedges both interest rate and mortality. Having an ownership stake in such a strong company is really important in such a crazy world where certainty is so hard to find. The basics of structuring your AND asset. How do we ensure the policy is structured properly? First, it's essential that the contract is overfunded. To illustrate this, let's say there's a maximum death benefit of $1 million. For a life insurance policy with a death benefit, there will be a minimum and maximum to the amount you can pay towards that death benefit. The minimum payment for this $1 million of death benefit is going to be $1,000, while the maximum will be $10,000. Just for this example, most people would say this is silly. Why would you pay the maximum for the same amount of life insurance? This is where it's important to know who determines the minimum. You see, the insurance company determines the minimum because they are promising to pay a very large sum of money in the case of your death. If you don't pay the minimum, they don't have any incentive for holding up their end of the deal and paying out a death benefit when you die. This makes sense because they want to make sure that they're not taking an unnecessary risk. But now, here's the crazy part. Who do you think determines the maximum amount of money that you could pay for the same amount of death benefit? Well, if you said the government, you'd be correct. Why in the world would the government care how much you pay for your life insurance? Well, it's because you receive special tax benefits and advantages by overfunding these life insurance contracts. Remember, this is a private contract. This contract allows your money to grow tax-free, to be used tax-free, and to be passed on tax-free if set up and used properly. That alone should tell you why the government puts a limit on it, because people can take a huge advantage of this incredible tax strategy. Side note, the ANDAS also has some extra tax advantages that help versus 529 plans, getting sued, and having protection from creditors. You can learn more about these special advantages on our Better Wealth YouTube channel or by spe speaking to one of our wealth coaches. When we're trying to maximize the living benefits and cash value of this policy, we want to pay the minimum insurance cost. At the end of the day, the insurance cost simply goes towards building your death benefit rather than your cash value. Rather than paying for something you will never benefit from in your own lifetime, as you do with term insurance, Overfunded whole life insurance is letting you contribute to a permanent asset. You're not only going to have a large sum of money to pass on when you die, but you're going to increase the cash benefits or living benefits. You can see some amazing advantages from this contract immediately. Remember, the key point here is to maximize your cash and, going back to the relationship between time and money, maximize both the compound growth and the control you have over every dollar. If you think about this from a big picture perspective, we have you as the owner or the insured, and we have a private contract. When we talk about regulations, we're referring to a private contract that's specifically designed to maximize your cash.
there are many other things, as you'll soon see, which generate from that foundation. What we're going to do now is take a look at three different types of plans. There's a disclaimer I have to make. These numbers are general. Every person we work with is different. We work with multiple companies at Better Wealth, so this is just one of the various options you could be looking at. Every time numbers are shown, it may not apply to others since everyone's situation is different. Overfunding versus typically structured life insurance. With that being said, this example will still be extremely valuable to you, as it explains some key points that will help you set this up properly. First, there are differences between typical whole life insurance and overfunded whole life insurance. You'll usually have zero cash value in the first couple of years with typical whole life insurance, meaning that you will not have access to most of your money. It takes a long time to grow and you're on the hook for big premiums. Eventually, you'll have access to more of that cash value, but you lose a lot of control in the early years. The big difference with overfunded whole life insurance is that you have significant levels of control and access to your money from day one. For example, rather than having access to none of your money in the early years, we can structure these overfunded policies so you have access to around 60 to 70% of your money in the very first year, and sometimes even up to 90%. While this number is variable, you will have access to exponentially more of your money than if it were set up in a typical policy. Furthermore, this money will continue to grow your death benefit will continue to grow as well. So, while you have access to incredible amounts of your money in the early years, you still get to benefit from the constant growth of your cash value and death benefit. The next thing to know is the difference between a base contract and paid up additions rider, otherwise known as PUA. The base contract is the required premium to keep your policy active, and the PUA is the amount you are overfunding, which can be thought of as the excess you are putting into your policy. For example, we might have a base of 10 to 30%, meaning the required premium would typically be between 10,000 and 30,000 to keep the policy active. There are also provisions in the contract that say you don't have to pay this your entire life, meaning you can stop your payments prematurely. You could do other things within the contract to subsidize the base, but the policy stays active and your money continues growing. It's really important that we build a flexible policy and that the base can be small because that is the amount you will be required to pay. Option 1 the cash flow plan. A lot of the time, we will shoot for a cash flow plan, which has a 30-70 split between base and PUA. 30% goes to base and 70% goes to PUA. It is called the cash flow plan because it works best for people of consistent cash flow and can deposit money into their policy on a regular basis. We can adjust this split in either direction. It really depends on what's best for your situation, but this is a typical split. It provides great flexibility while also allowing you to overfund the policy nicely. We also have to look at it in terms of the death benefit, because the death benefit can vary with different structures. We want to make sure you are getting the amount you desire. There is not a single right or wrong way to do this, but that's a general guideline as it relates to the ratio between base and PUA. Option 2. The front-loaded plan. The next option is great for someone who may not have a consistent stream of cash flow, or if they simply have a lot of money sitting somewhere, and they want to place it into their policy initially. For example, someone may have the ability to put in $100,000 for the first year but can only provide $20,000 per year after that. The cool thing about the front-loaded plan is it allows us to create an AND asset with a special contract where you can place a large amount of money in, allow it to maintain its tax-free status, and still access approximately 80 to 90% of that money from year one. Pretty amazing. It's important to point out something else as well. While, while this example, with this example of high early cash value, the death benefit is high. This is because we're buying an additional term rider to allow for extra overfunding, and we're doing it in such a way that maximizes the cash. 
We're not putting you at risk, but it's allowing us to put a lot of money in quickly. As you can see, the time value of money makes this really powerful, as this money is going to compound for you the rest of your life. You not only have control over this money, but will, it will compound for you tax-free and will eventually bless future generations as well. These are just a few reasons we set up a lot of front-loaded plans and why this can be powerful if you are in a situation where it makes sense for you. Option 3. The Pre-Plan The third plan we do is called the Pre-Plan. This is where someone might not have enough money to start funding an AND asset, but wants to be set up to fund an AND asset in the future. If you can't at least start off with a $10,000 lump sum to put into your policy, we recommend starting with a pre-plan, which is getting a special type of life insurance or term insurance and saving up for that $10,000 lump sum. Just to give you a quick analogy, term insurance versus whole life insurance can be thought of as renting a car versus owning a car. When you rent, you make payments every month or every year, but in the end, you don't have any ownership in the car and it won't act as an asset for you. This is what happens with term insurance and why we can recommend a, a type of term insurance called convertible term. This type of insurance you can convert from renting to owning, where the money you've put in gets credited to your whole life insurance policy and can be thought of as adding equity to that asset. The reason we suggest a convertible term policy is because an AND asset will only perform most efficiently when it can be overfunded properly. Otherwise, you are paying too much for the base. You're not getting enough of the growth and living benefits for us to honorably tell you that it is the best place to put your money. However, this special type of term insurance will allow you to receive the benefit of life insurance. It will also give you the ability to convert the policy into an AND asset in the future. This convertible term strategy is extremely powerful as it gives you the flexibility to start a front-loaded or cash flow plan in the future. It also lets you lock in your life insurance and death benefit today. It is also much cheaper than an AND asset, so it allows you to save more towards funding an AND asset in the future. This strategy is extremely useful because you do not need to take another medical test or reapply for life insurance when you want to convert the policy. You also get a credit to towards your new policy from the amount of money you put into your convertible term policy. In other words, you are locking in your ability to get an AND asset in the future. You are receiving a death benefit in case anything happens to you in the meantime. And you are also earning credit, which can go towards your AND asset when it comes time to convert your policy. These are just a few of the reasons why we suggest to many people that they start with a pre-plan and start building their foundation for success. Summary. You have learned that there are three different approaches you can take. The cash flow plan, the front-loaded plan, and the pre-plan. If you want to get started but don't necessarily have the assets or cash flow for the AND asset to make sense yet, you can still get convertible term life insurance now. You won't have to retake the medical tests when you do convert, and you'll instantly get all the amazing benefits of the AND asset working for you. you. You now know that the technical name for the AND asset is overfunded whole life insurance. You also know there are a lot of variables in play that can make the process complicated. You understand the relationship between you and your contract with the insurance company, as well as all the benefits that come with this contract. You know how to best structure the contract to allow your money to both grow and be controlled at the same time. And you know that the contract is made with a mutually owned, dividend-paying, whole life insurance company. In the next chapter, we will dive into the benefits of lifetime growth that you will receive with this properly structured policy. Take the next step. If you are ever interested in learning more or want to find out if this is a good fit for you, you can book a free clarity call with one of our wealth coaches at a link on our website. All right, chapter three is in the book. And I will say, if you're listening to this, and you have not checked out the handbook, there are some 
good illustrations that you would benefit from. Mainly, we, we show the cash flow plan and the front-loaded plan. And again, this is just an example, but we, we want people to have, uh, it's clear the, the differences, and I think it can be very powerful. Um, but one of the things that I first of all want to start off out with is this is a very comprehensive chapter. This is probably one of the toughest chapters to write. And I love the, the, the starting with the beginning or the end in mind where you have your person, you have your contract, and you have a company. You got to make sure that the end asset is that special contract that you're partnering with this, this mutual dividend-paying company. And so we want to make sure that relationship's well, and then we want to make sure that contract is specially designed. And I thought you did a great job explaining that and then talking about the difference between overfunding and typical because life insurance gets a bad rap. But is it not true that we're we're also in the minority of people doing it right? Uh, and then we talk about the difference between a cash flow front load and uh, the pre-plan. And this is what I'll say is the more that we serve people, the front front loading policies are not being talked about, but it's incredible. When we talk about efficiency, when we talk about the time value of money and and the flexibility that comes along with that, that's definitely something that we've we've been doing a lot of. And so I just can't stress enough if you're at all like if you're on the fence, if you want to learn more, Make sure to um, book a clarity call with somebody who can walk through your situation. And the, the last thing that I want to say is we talk about $10,000 minimum. That really does not include kids. So if you have kids, if you have, if you have children and you're like, oh, I wanted to save money as like a 529 plan alternative, but I'm not going to save $10,000 a year. Kids are the exception because of their age. Um, but in, in most cases, a lot of people maybe we'll read the read my book or read this handbook and want to throw a couple hundred dollars a month the end assets not a silver bullet that will be able to just solve all your problems and so that's why we wrote that because we got a lot of people that wanted to do this and and quite frankly it was not in their best interest so with that stay tuned for next chapter Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.